everybody, it's Chuck Arfine. Welcome to the White Sox Talk Podcast, brought to you as always by our great friends at Wintrust. So this has been a frustrating White Sox season with injuries, underperformance, and a losing record for a team that is supposed to be contending. After a rough homestand against the Dodgers and Rangers, Ryan McGuffey put out a tweet asking White Sox fans to sum up this season in one word. Well, he got hundreds of responses, a wide range of words and emotions that together sum up what people are thinking and feeling about the Sox and this year. So we decided, let's do a podcast about this and provide our own words to describe this season so far. So it's the White Sox season in one word. And together on this podcast, there are many. As you are about to hear, it's coming your way. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Edu slash podcast. At Wintrust, we know true fans show their team pride every chance they get. With White Sox checking, you'll score a Sox debit card. Plus, you'll get a special offer when you open online today at Wintrust.com slash Sox Talk. $100 required to open. Member FDIC. White Sox! White Sox! Go! Go! White Sox! That ball hit deep way back! Deep to the Holy cow! Confess has put the White Sox ahead. Jimenez leaves the ballpark. You can put it on the board. Yes. We got a chance to do something real special. All right, sit back, relax, and strap it down. It's time for the White Sox Talk Podcast. Well, Ryan McGuffey, if you wanted to get the pulse of White Sox fans, you got it. You got it with that tweet you sent out. Uh, you want to share with everybody what you tweeted? Yeah. Uh, when the White Sox went down 8-6 to the Rangers in the 11th after an admirable comeback to tie it in the in extra innings on Sunday, you, you, at that point you kind of knew, like, there's just not much left in the tank here. And the way it was happening, I just – it was sure – I think it was right before Luis Robert um, – Tagged up to third base, but good, good timing by you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I just said, Hey, you know, I was thinking to myself, you know, I was outside thinking, man, what, how could I sum up this season right now? And so I was like, well, I'll just throw it out there on Twitter. It's June 12th. Sum up this white Sox season in one word. And that's the best part. Cause like, if you just, we, anybody can put a sentence out there, but sum up this white Sox season thus far, thus far in one word. And it, I think I what I, I you were on the post game set when I texted you like, hey, this could be a podcast topic after I saw the answers rolling in. And as we're starting to tape this, I'm realizing we need to come up with our own. So at the end of the podcast, then you and I have to come up with our own word to describe this season. So yeah. uh, keep that in the back of your head. Yep. Yeah, this has been something else, to be honest with you. 
the weekend we just experienced was uh, <laughs> off the charts, which we're going to get into. Uh, some of my favorite. Now, we got a whole bunch. I mean, how many words did you receive? Not all of them were one words, but I would say yeah. I'd say like 95 percent of them were one word. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, everyone took it, the assignment for what it was, what it was to be. Um, we're in the 360s and counting here. So, you know, there's 300 plus words. Obviously there's some that are uh, the same or similar to each other, but there are a lot of varying answers here. Very impressive. I've never, I've never uh, surprised all that much by White Sox nation because they're just, they're in tune, they're in touch. And uh, the roller coaster of, of the emotions that this season has provided thus far are all on my Twitter feed right now. <laughs> and there are a few people I noticed that put in about 15 words to describe this White Sox season, but they put them all in one word without any spaces in between, which technically doesn't count, but we're bending the rules on this podcast. <laughs> uh, the, the effort is incredible. So yeah, for sure. All right. So we're going to break down. I put together a list of 12 that's going to really go into a lot of what many people are feeling and what's going on with this team. But before we do, here are some, some, some words that in my opinion are great, but did not make the cut. <laughs> okay. okay. Sad, embarrassing, underwhelming, perplexing, disappointing, a joke, asinine, manic, pain, a suck fest, lifeless, avoidable, insufferable, hell, a failure, brutal, and fire Tony. That would be two words, but uh, you know, I think that that those are the honorable mentions, right? Yeah, I mean, they're all it, it, they're all great. So yeah. I don't. Say, yeah, no. I guess in a way, they're honorable mentions. The words that you I just say, great, but they're like we thank you for your. Support. Yeah, but I'll say this about that group, your thoughts about that group of words you just said, though. To me, like that's the roller coaster. I think. I think anywhere from being like legit, legitimate sad to extremely frustrating kind of, I think you just, those words that you just mentioned right there, like start to finish were the roller coaster. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, those are really good words. I mean, none of them are wrong because it's been a, uh, and we have to, I don't want to bury any of my, put any of my words out there yet, but it really has been all of the, all of the above there. It's, yeah. it's, there are times where I've been like, kind of like sad, I don't want to say depressed, but you know, where you're like, this, this is like, how, how much longer is this going to go on? And then there's just a lot of times lately, like it's, it's like when a girl breaks up with you that you, you know, that she breaks your heart or something. I know Chuck, you've never had that problem. So, uh, <laughs> so, you know, you're sad and then it, it, you're sad. I can get into that because it has, but that, that's just not the podcast for that. <laughs> uh, sad turns to anger, right? Yeah. There's that, that that emotional roller coaster. I think that's where that's I'm on that barometer. I've, I've been sad, but now I'm like kind of angry. And I think those words you just described kind of touch them all. All right. Well, let's touch on the last word that I shared with you. Someone said fire Tony. Well, someone on Twitter by the name of Bob. His word was Larusa Ific. It's a good word. And I don't think this is Bob Nightingale, by the way, who came up with this one. <laughs> but Larusa. Ific, let's get into this because we haven't talked about it on a podcast and the fan reaction obviously was uh, explosive. His decision to walk, intentionally walk Trey Turner on a one-two count. 
I mean, I talked about on the post-game show and the pre-game show. I mean, I did a lot of that on television, but in this podcast, we haven't touched on it. Wrong, 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 wrong. I don't know what he was thinking. He, there were two things that got me on that. One was, okay, you look at the splits for Max Muncie and Trey Turner. I hear you. I get it. He didn't look at the splits for his own pitcher that was on the mound in Bennett Sousa, who has better numbers against righties than lefties. And on top of that, this is the one that really irked me. He didn't take into account the human element, which is something that Tony takes pride in, the human element of that decision, because by you doing that, you have just put yourself in the middle of this game where Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, are like, what the F's going on here? Bennett Sousa's got this guy on two strikes, Trey Turner. You've just lost his confidence. He's out of whack. And now you've fired up Max Muncy. He hits a three-run homer. And then the third prong this whole thing, he didn't own it in the end. He doubled down, tripled down in the press conferences. If he would have just said, you know what? I blew it. I blew it. I think Sox fans would have actually, for I don't want to say all of them, but many Sox fans would be like, you know what? At least he owned it. And I don't think those fire Tony chants are coming over the weekend, but he just dug himself in. And I don't think it was a good look at all for him in many ways. That's been his nature since he came, became the manager of the White Sox that he digs in and I'm with you. I mean, we were doing the, I produced the post game show that night. So That's right. you did. I, that, that doesn't happen often for those of you listening. Um, so it's kind of, it was fortuitous that we got, to, they had the opportunity to do that together because we were just like, the, how baffled we were in the moment was was how baffled the play- here's when when you have players on the field giving you looks and going what like Freddie Freeman said it all um, after the game Dave Roberts saying he's not going to question Tony but he had never seen it before Max Muncy saying I understand the mindset but I don't know if you ever walk anyone with two strikes obviously Trey Turner said he was confused as he, if he should even go to first base how about Danny Mendick on the uh, on the field, he's just kind of like, what the heck is going on here? Yeah. And you kind of take the air out of the balloon. I mean, it's a seven, it's a seven, five game at that moment. It's a very big point of the game after the White Sox had blown a lead, but they were very much still in it. That's my, one of my biggest problems, Chuck is the, it's, I don't know, maybe part of you respects the fact that he doubles down, but I don't in this case. And the way he treated the people who asked the questions, the media, yeah. Like they didn't know what was going on and he was so surprised at this and he tripled that. Like they was even more surprised 24 hours later. You know what, man? Then like to me, all the attention that the White Sox should be getting at this point in time, like if you go back to when the rebuild started, it should be about the way that they're playing on the field and the superstar potential that they have. Instead, what they chose to do. He made it about himself. He's made it about himself for two years yeah. You know, the your mean thing didn't need to be a thing. The 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 rules thing, like he carries this stuff on for day two, day three, day four. There are media members who pile on, come in two, three, four days later and ask the question, and he continues to go. And I just don't know how much more. Like it don't tell me it doesn't impact the clubhouse if they don't know. There, even when you block out social media for the guys that have blocked it, it was the lead story on every stinking sports column and sports sports center, all the shows the next morning, the talk radio fodder. It just became like the White Sox are getting the national spotlight for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And that's what that was. All right. So people want to be fired. And 
you know, I don't, I'm not going to be one of those people that just, I, I don't have a hot take like that and say, fire Tony La Russa. Um, and he's, I don't, he's not going to get fired this year. It's just, I just can't see that happening. And hopefully they turn it around and we can move on from this whole thing. It may not happen. Who knows? Bob Nightingale, who is as plugged in as anybody with this White Sox franchise, he wrote something. What did he write, Guff, like a couple weeks ago? He was talking about all the managers and Joe Madden and Joe Girardi getting fired. What do you say about La Russa? Yeah, he wrote an article on the day that Girardi was the first to go, and he wrote in there, kind of buried deep in the in the piece, Tony La Russa, who's in the second year of a three-year contract, which, by the way, that's the first time I think we ever publicly saw that, but we kind of knew. Second year of a three-year contract with the Chicago White Sox is safe for the rest of the season. But if they fail to reach the playoffs after being a heavy favorite to win the AL Central, his future will be seriously discussed this winter. So that's where things might be at. If the White Sox do not make the playoffs, I mean, if, if this continues, I mean, this, what we're feeling right now, continues for the rest of the season. I mean, wow, by October, it's going to be insane. So for the White Sox sake, for Tony La Russa's sake, <laughs> they better make the playoffs or certainly compete in a big, big way as opposed to what we're feeling right now. And we've, we just spent all this time on the first word. We have so many other words to get to. I'm going to get to the next word, which is going to continue some of the Russa stuff. So here we go. Adam says, the 2022 season has been shitacular. <laughs> he made up a word that really describes a lot of what's going on here. A lot's been shitty and in, in a very spectacular way. And you know what I would describe as shitacular? This past weekend against the Rangers, especially the well, not the whole. No, I actually, include, no, no, actually let me say it again. Include the whole homestand. The whole yeah. homestand was spectacular, but this past weekend was the worst. Yeah, and I want to go through some of this, and I, I, I'm, I'm, and this is going to eventually lead to me not defending Tony, but me putting myself in his shoes, and. So you can understand why he was not in a good position to succeed over the weekend. And some of it was his own doing, but I want to kind of lay it out there. So Tony said before the game on Saturday, some guys in the bullpen were unavailable. He didn't tell us who. Eventually we found out. Sox are up 5 nothing in the fourth. Giolito's just rolling through the game. All of a sudden he gives up four runs. And, all of a, and then so Giolito is out of the game in the fifth. Knowing what he had in the bullpen – or the lack thereof, I think Tony should have probably, knowing what I know now, he should have had Julio go out for the sixth anyway. But he made the call. The last thing he wanted was extra innings. Oh, no! Extra innings on top of it. He did not want to play Matt Foster on Saturday. The game goes 10. Foster comes in, charged with four runs. They lose the game. That was the first gut punch. What did you think about what transpired that day? Totally agreed with you, especially after the, you know hearing that you'll see who's available. Um, and then part I mean, of me, and by the way, the Rangers were in a similar spot. And did you notice how Martin Perez had to wear it? Yeah, but Gave that's seven runs on twelve hits. That was probably looking back the way they should have done with Giolito. You have to, even if your pitcher doesn't. Like sometimes you just got to go out and do it. You can't make a roster move like before. It's not the window is too tight to make. At, at best, they could have made a roster move for Sunday. At best, not knowing how the games were going to go Saturday and Sunday, I'm with you. There are times when you just kind of have to, you know, wear it, so to speak. Not not to 
Maybe if Giolito pitches a clean six, too. That's the other thing. I mean, you yeah. don't know. He gave I mean, it all he did, I mean, in a normal situation, I'm pulling Giolito. He, he all of a sudden just lost it. Right. Yeah, but in a normal situation, I well, it wasn't it was a normal situation. This was not a normal situation. No, and Thursday, for instance, like you left CSEN too long, and you probably could have got got went and got him early. I mean, the we can. <laughs> I, I thought cluster, you know, a, a cluster. cluster F. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought about Saturday. All right, but sat, yeah, Saturday was bad. Now we go to Sunday. Literally, get off the set, Scott. I, mean, I had these thoughts in my mind, but Pitsednik said it to me. He goes, Kopech's got to go at least seven. <laughs> Literally five minutes later, Kopech hurts his knee 13 pitches into the game. And what happens? The game goes 12 innings. Foster has to come in again. Yeah. They didn't want to pitch him on Saturday. Now they got to pitch him on Sunday. He gives up two runs. Matt Foster, who was not supposed to pitch in either game, lost Saturday and lost Sunday. Not on him, in my opinion. No, no, but I'm this is the cluster F. Yeah. And you almost wonder, honestly, like you give I, I, it's an admiral performance by Johnny Cueto making the second. Oh my career. god. Admiral it was like more than that. That's not a that's not a good enough word to use. Okay. Well, we're we're in this is a one-word <laughs> podcast. So uh whatever word you'd like to use. Uh, I mean, coming out of the bullpen, going five innings. An MVP day. performance. That's how MVP. much I think of him. He was not MVP. even planning for the Rangers. He was planning to face the Tigers, did no scouting report, goes up to Ethan Katz right after Kopech gets hurt and goes, guys, I'm, I'm ready if you need me. And boom, he's yeah. in the bullpen. Two innings later, he's on the he's in the game, goes five innings. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know. Maybe I, he threw 77 pitches, and I don't know, like – Look, I, I, we're sitting here micromanaging. Like, should should Cueto have gone another? You're not thinking about the tenth inning when you're when Johnny Cueto just gave you five like ballsy innings. You know what I mean? Like, you're not thinking, well, does he got one more? Because we got nobody left if this game goes twelve. You do have to kind of plan for that, but I understand. Like, you're already playing from so many people down at that point, and. You almost wonder, and 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 this is a, something I like. I know what I'm saying here, and and I'm not. You almost wonder if, like, when the White Sox scored three in the tenth, it was kind of like, oh god, you know, like we don't have anyone. <laughs> like, either win it or lose by one. We just don't have a guy to put in there if we, if this thing goes twelve. Um, so I mean, great job of the White. Like the White Sox have shown a lot of fight offensively. Yeah, that's the one positive thing about the homestand. But there's way too there's too many shittacular moments, and we got to clear something up. Dylan Cease was warming up in the eighth. Yeah, and everyone's like, "What the heck is this all about?" Yep. But as we found out later, and this is the this is the mental gymnastics these guys had to play during the game because they moved Cueto up to Sunday during the game, moved Lance Lynn up to Monday during the game. Dylan Cease was moved up to Tuesday during the game, and they realized, oh, that means today's his bullpen day. You need to throw a bullpen in the middle of the game because we're getting on a flight and going to Detroit after the game. This is the kind of stuff that was going on. This is completely, as Adam put it, shittacular. Yeah, and, like, these are things that happen to teams during the season, okay? So this is not, to me, like, that abnormal or crazy for the White Sox. It's just – the icing on the top of a really bad cake. 
And the problem is that the hole that they've dug themselves is getting deeper. It's not the other way around. And that's where I start to look at things down the line, Chuck. And I know they have a lot of division games left. I, I don't think – I woke up today not really positive. Even the most positive part of me from a White Sox perspective is thinking, I don't think they have enough. I right. just – I don't I'm gonna know. Change, I'm going to try to change your opinion later in the podcast. Sounds good. But I, I understand why you feel that way. <laughs> uh, and one last thing, another way to describe this past weekend in a nicer, more childlike manner – and quite fitting that it's from a guy whose uh, Twitter handle is Johnny Cueto Lego. <laughs> he describes this season as pee pee poo poo. Yeah. That might be Liam Hendricks' burner account. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Moving on to Neil, who says, and this is three words, but it's a good way of putting things worst case scenario. And what I want to talk about here is just the injuries. You know, we had a season of debilitating injuries last year. We're thinking, how can it be worse this year? Here's the list that I've just come up with. I think I've got everybody here. These, All these players have been injured this year. And on the injured list, Crochet, out for the year, Lynn, Robert had a groin injury, not on the IL, but then went on the COVID IL, Vaughn, Moncada, Jimenez, Giolito, Anderson, Pollock, Aaron Bummer twice. Joe Kelly started injured. He's back on the injured list. Grandal's hurt now. Kopech's hurt now. Not injured lists, but they're hurt. Yet. And we're in June. Yeah. And, yeah, these aren't like minor injuries. I mean, some of these guys haven't even played yet. Mm-hmm. And some of these guys might not play for a long time. I don't, I've never seen anything like it. I really haven't. And we've talked about this. I mean, Pods and I talked about this the other day. You know, he was asking me if I'd ever seen anything. And I'm because, you know, these and Pods players, is an athlete. Right. I know. <laughs> and, he had, and he had injuries in his career. He did. And the reason I want to like preface this by this is why like a guy like Pesednik asked guys like Chuck and I if we've ever seen anything. Because when they're in their careers, they're so hyper focused in the, the moment. They don't see anything tomorrow or yesterday. So they're playing their career to stay on the field as long as they can. They know we've covered the team for way longer than they ever played for the team. And I we talked about it. I, I, I don't know. It has there has to be like a multitude of reasons, but certainly COVID has to play like 2020s ramp up, shut down, ramp back up. 2021s kind of just coming back and getting back into it with the with the schedule and everything. And then this 2022 lockout, guys were working out from different spots, short and spring training. The question is, like, you know, why aren't other teams having – there are other teams that are having there cash. Are, there are. There are. But, like, the, 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 the amount is just – over the course of the last couple of years, the it, amount is yeah. insane. Here's my theory, and it's this is not a black and white issue, no. but the only thing that I can see, the one thing that I can see, when you look at – Oh, shoot. I don't want to compare it to like when pods played because it was still there was a lot of stuff going on there. But would you say that guys are throwing harder today than ever before? Yeah. Guys are trying to hit the ball farther now than ever before without PEDs. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that one. My point is there's a lot more strengthening going on with muscles. Lots more. 
as advanced as we are in, in, in not just technology, but science, I just have never seen the amount of guys need to be carted off the field after running to first base, as I've seen with the Chicago White. I've never seen it. I mean, where you look over a routine ground ball or, or a tough play at first, and you know the play is made, the guy throws back, and all of a sudden the camera turns, and there's a guy face down on the field. And you're like, what is yeah. going on? Ozzy Gian says, and he's joking, but he's also serious. He's like, if you don't have any muscle, you can't pull anything. So – if you're fat, <laughs> if you don't have any fat, you can't. Yeah, if you don't no. be fat. Yeah, yeah. If you don't I mean, have any fat. No, if you don't have any muscle. Like if you, like the stronger your muscles are, the chances are they're gonna be pulled. That's what he says. But I don't know the answer to this one, but it's just not good. All right, a quick pause here on the White Sox Talk Podcast. We're coming back after this. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Mike, here's here's his word to describe 2022. Waste. Mm, Waste. Great. Really good word. And something up, I'm bringing up pods again. Talk with him over the weekend. He's like, in 2005, they were in the sweet spot mentally because there were no expectations for that team. That was a big thing he said they had going for them. There was no pressure to win. I mean, they all wanted to win, but no one was even like the spotlight wasn't on them. Oh, the spotlight was on this team for sure. And I think part, I mean, the starting pitchers, they've been fine. But some, I, I don't know if this is in the back of Osmani Grandal's mind, you know, Amankata's mind, Josh Harrison's mind. I don't know. But there is definitely a, I feel a heavy boulder on this team to like to succeed. And when they're not doing it, they're digging themselves deeper, 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 not only in the standings necessarily, but in their minds. And that's why Isaac Gino was so brilliant. It's when that when that gap closed in 2005, he took all of the attention away from the players and put it on himself. Yeah. And that's why great managers in those moments do that. And I think that's part of the reason you hired Tony LaRusso. I mean, you went from like our goals to win a division to get built the building blocks to straight World Series or bust. And we've talked about the lack of offense all year, but this is a time where you don't turn up the attention for your team because of a, a, a perplexing decision made in a game. You take the attention away from your players and put it on yourself and say, don't ask him, ask me. Let me tell you, like, we are going to go to Detroit. Like, ask me. Not, not the other way around where you flip the script and say, 
What, what, why is that a question? That's really a question? Are you kidding me? Right? And, and the guys who cut, no, you're putting the wrong, like when you see the headline on ESPN.com and the number one story, is this the worst intentional walk of all time? Wrong attention. And you're and, and what are guys seeing in the moment who are struggling? You mentioned Grandal and Mankata. They're feeling even more pressure to need to like we have to win despite his decision. Change the narrative on our own. We have no one here to help us. I'm sinking over here, and we have to change the narrative. Yeah. And you can sit like it's a different conversation talking about mentally strong and all that stuff. We've seen these guys have success individually at times. But I've, you know, there have been times throughout the season, Chuck, where I've used the word uninspired. And if there are times where, and and that's by the way, Sonny came up with the word uninspired. So <laughs> that's one of our words too. Yeah, Sonny, I, I don't, that, that might, that might be a personal attack to players if they heard that, because you especially look at the way they responded offensively over the, during the homestand. And that wasn't a team play. If you're uninspired, you're mailing it in. When you're down six, three in the 10th, you're, t- you're putting your bat back on the rack and you just, or the 11th and, and that's it. But they haven't done that. But I'm talking about it as a group as a clubhouse, there's no, like you see the Toronto blue Jays or, or is it the Boston Red Sox? They hit a home run. And they're pushing a guy down in a shopping. Well, cart. The, the blue Jays have the sport jacket. Blue Jays have the, the, the Sox the, the used to have the, the home run chain. There's just no fun. There's no fun. Like, Very little fun. It just doesn't look fun. It doesn't look like they're having fun. And that. Aloy was, Jimenez would have helped. Yeah, but you can't be the guy. You, there, there can't be one guy of 26. Yeah. That's fun. You either are having fun or you're not. And if you can't have fun playing a game that you guys love, that you're trying to, in the dog days, pick each other up on, that's, to me, a reflection of, of, of leadership. And so I, I just – that's the uninspired word. That's that's how I would explain it because it's not about guys individually quitting. It's just about – they just don't look like they're pulling from the same rope all the time. I was trying to find a place to put this in here. In the podcast, I guess waste would work. Mike's waste word. So starting pitchers in 2022, we would agree they've been done. They've done a great job. Yeah. But here is where, and it's not always on them. Sometimes it's Tony La Russa pulling them when they don't want to be pulled. But here is the predicament that Tony and this team are in right now and why in 2005, Ozzie Guillen was able to coast his way to the World Series. It wasn't as easy as the word coast, but when you hear what I'm about to say, it's going to sound like it. So starting pitchers in 2022 are averaging, for the White Sox, 4.8 innings a game, 26th in the majors. They're not even averaging five innings a game. In 2005, 2005, the White Sox led the majors in innings pitched by starters, 1,074. They were essentially averaging 6.6 innings a game. That's insane. A game, 6.6. So Ozzy was in the dugout going, all right, Cots, Polite, Jenks. Polite, Cots, Jenks, Hermanson, whoever was saving. Like, he didn't have to deal with that. Well, Tony, because he's – having his starters only go 4.8 innings a game. He's got to get a guy in the fifth, guy in the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, time after time after time on a in a bullpen that doesn't have Garrett Crochet. Aaron Bummer's been hot and cold. They've got injuries. 
And and this is a different game right now. So I want to give you a little more perspective here. Guess what team had the second most innings pitched by their starters in 2000 and, in 2005? Guess what team? Okay, so this is I'm flying blind here, but my, my answer will be the LA Angels. No. Tony Larissa's St. Louis Cardinals. Really? How about that? <laughs> Even that I wanted the White Sox to play in the World Series. And in 2006, the White Sox starters were on top again in starter innings, 42 more than the injuries. Uh, injuries, the Indians. I can say Indians because that's what they were last year. I'm not, it's not a taking a fine for calling them that. And last year, A's starters pitched the most in the majors. All right? 2005, the White Sox had 1,074 innings. Last year, the A's were number one, 894. It is a bullpen game these days. Tony La Russa, you know, has to playing a different game with, and also at times with a hand tied behind his back. He's relying on a better bullpen, lots of health in the bullpen, and he needs to be elite in bullpen management during games. And that hasn't happened. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because that's they have a lot of money invested in that bullpen, as everyone listening to this knows. And there's been guy. I won't. Uh, I'm not. Players play, so when a guy fails and he's in the right spot, that's on the player. When the decision's a failure, and the guy fails, that's a combination. Like, and that's what the, what we you know I've talked at nauseum about a manager's role is to put the players in the best position to succeed. And I think sometimes. The White Sox bullpen has, and there are times when it hasn't. Even going back the other day to the Bennett Souza the Sousa stuff, you know, it, and Pod said it best at the time. Now it, it, it was very clear that Aaron Bummer was ramping himself up towards an injury. It was already probably pitching at eighty percent. But you know, Pod's made a great point that day. Like, okay, so if you are going to put on Trey Turner at one and two, don't you want your best lefty facing the the lefty hitter at that point? And the answer is yes, not the guy with an ERA hovering around nine. And I know what Max Muncy's statistics were in the moment, but you didn't, like, as you mentioned earlier, you didn't play the whole thing. So elite bullpen management is not something that has uh, helped the 2022 White Sox. No. And Tony had Dave Duncan with him during those World Series years. He doesn't have him anymore. Nick describes 2022. Again, not one word, but it's such a good answer we're going to put it in gas station sushi <laughs> that's a good I was, that's the one that i laughed out loud because i didn't know which way you're going uh i laughed out loud when i read it it's really because <laughs> what's gas station sushi you're eating sushi you have all the ingredients you like but it tastes like crap yeah you're taking a major chance is what you're doing <laughs> but like that's what the white Sox are like we got all the ingredients we need but the season tastes like crap. It tastes like gas station sushi. Yeah, <laughs> that's a really good one. I saw that. Like, I, <laughs> even though like, I was like, yeah, it's not one word. If you're not going to go one word, you got to come up with something like gas station sushi. And John Deluxe says, early he asks, is armpit one word or two? <laughs> so I, had to, yeah, I had to Google it. <laughs> It's one armpit is one word. I like, I like that. That's, this is the word I want to use, but guys, is it one word or two? So essentially what we're 
saying here is this White Sox team smells like an armpit and tastes like gas station sushi. Man, that is not a combo that I ever want to talk about again. <laughs> is, I'm okay. like chewing on a bad smell right now. Like, like, that's what it feels like. <laughs> All right. We have Tommy Weil and Owen Schoefeld who said the same word. I don't know if these two guys know each other. I doubt they do because it's just random if they did. Uh, they use the word demoralizing mm. because, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can describe why it's been demoralizing. How I look at it is they're not just losing games. It's how they're losing games. You know, they're getting swept in Cleveland and Minnesota earlier this year. And then when they score three runs in a game, they're actually 12 and six. Like they're winning. And I'm not saying three or more. Like literally when they score three runs, they're 12 and six. That's not easy. That's elite starting pitching and bullpen. And props to Tony Russo for that. But the last three times they've scored nine runs or more. Yeah. They're 0 and three. That's, that's like you lose a division by one game. <laughs> You're looking at that. Yeah, it's really inexcusable. I thought I thought I saw a stat last week that it was about teams that had scored over seven runs. I believe the winning percentage was like eight ninety eight. I mean, for the entire major leagues, it was like three hundred and sixty five and thirty eight. I'm ballparking here, and the White Sox winning percentage was four twenty nine, and that's gone down since that yeah. tweet was sent out. So you t- you're talking about it's a nine. You win nine out of ten times if you score seven runs. Not the White Sox. Chai Sox Panda, our first positive word, early. I'm, now, I'm, you know, I'm done with early. <laughs> I am. I like, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that we have positivity from, from I'm glad the word was used. I just, I, I, I need to stop. That's not a word I can use anymore. No shot. No shot can that be a word. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's early. I would say it's there's time. Um, they do have one of the easiest schedules left. Now, they just lost two of three to the Rangers, and that's a terrible team. And by the way, can I interrupt that, sta- that, that, sure. that real quick? For all this talk about the White Sox having like the easiest schedule, there are other teams, too, that they're going, hey, the White Sox are on their schedule, and they get credit for an easier team because they have a winning percentage of 466. So, like, other teams are taking advantage of playing the White Sox right now and because they're not a good team. They're not. They will play a ton of games in the AL Central, starting with this series right now with Detroit, and they do have – control over their destiny in that regard. But how have they played against the Guardians and the Twins? Not good so far. They need that to change. And what I kind of look at is all it takes is they just need to have a good week, a good two weeks maybe. And that just changes things on a dime. They don't have to win 10 in a row. I mean, we've seen like the Phillies and Braves just out of nowhere do something like that. Win eight out of 10. And that just builds and builds and builds. But when you lose, that can build and build and build negatively. And we've been feeling that for a while. So, yeah, I keep early, but there's still a lot of. I hear you, Guff. Yeah, I mean, am I frustrated? Yeah, like when when it's June, it's not early anymore. They have more games left than they've played. So, I guess in essence, we could say they're coming up on. 
like the first 62 are almost in the books. We're coming like by the end of the week, we'll have a hundred games to go. I, I, July 4th is the day where to me, I've, I've mentioned it. It's that's, that's the day that it either fires up or it never starts because it's the 19th straight against the AL central from that moment on. I think it starts with the twins and we'll know a lot about the team after that stretch. I would love in an ideal world. And this is not asking a lot as we tape this for the white Sox to be 500 on July one. That's not, I'm not asking a lot. I'm asking them to be four games over for the next couple of weeks. And so I think if they can get to that stretch, at least in position to make a statement, I don't, I'm not talking about where they're at now. I don't think four games under 500 heading into that stretch. That's just making it the task a lot harder. Get to 500 by July one. And I think all the questions that the White Sox management needs need answered are going to happen before the deadline. They're going to happen in that 19 game stretch. I think what I want, I want some new blood. Me too. Yeah. And I think the front office is realizing that. So I think it's going to be a very interesting. Now this is me saying this, not saying one word to anybody in the front office, but if you're imagine you are, you've put this team together and your team is doing this. I think by June, Rick Hahn and company are like, okay, we know what we have. We know what we need. We know what we got. We know what we don't got. I, uh, there's a lot at stake here. So there's a lot of comparison. Like here's, here's another word. I'm kind of, maybe early is not bothers. Doesn't bother me as much as this does comparisons. I'm mm-hmm. done with it. We even did an 83 podcast. I think last week. Yes. I'm, I'm done comparing this team to 83, to the Atlanta Braves, to all the other teams. There were so many other things that happened with those teams in order for them to get hot. Hopefully the White Sox can mirror one of those. I feel like we're trying to force the conversation like, but look at that team. They did it. So the White Sox can too. I need to see more proof from this current White Sox team that they are or can be the Braves. You mentioned the new blood. I mean, the Braves – did something last year that is a one, it's a lottery ticket. They, yeah. they they literally traded for three new outfielders. They traded for a right fielder, a center fielder, and a left fielder, plugged them and played them, and they won the World Series. They had some guys come up from the minor leagues that helped out too. Yeah. White Sox system is not that deep. But I've talked about this at nauseum, Chuck. We've talked about Sparks and Jake Berger being that guy. They're – I think there's some guys down there. Like new blood doesn't always have to come from the outside. I'm watching Lennon Sosa a lot these days and, in Double A. Rick mentioned him as a possible yeah. candidate to be a guy later in the year. So I think that there's opportunity for new blood right here within the yeah. system to make a statement. Like these guys come up and they make a move and they ride the wave and get hot. It could be exactly what they need. They need energy. Christopher, I say what you want about the Cubs. I want Christopher Morrell playing for the White Sox right now. Like that, I want, they're missing not only the player, that guy's energy, yeah. like he high, have you seen him high five guys out of the bullpen? A guy's coming into his walk-up song and Chris Morrell's going over, come on, man, high five. Like they need that energy. They need. They thought they were getting that from Josh Harrison, but when you're batting negative 10. You can't be the energy guy. Right. Yeah. So they need a guy, they need new blood. And it doesn't have to necessarily equal like the biggest name on the trade block because I I don't know if I'm as with you on the they're gonna make all like they could make a bunch of moves and I think they need to be. And I'm not saying blockbuster. I know I'm not either, 
Yeah. I mean, look at what the Braves did last year. I don't think any of the none guys, of those were blockbuster moves. Yeah, you know, even Jorge Soler was like hitting 190 or something when they yeah. traded. I mean, they were big moves, like good players, but not like oh my like god, Eddie Rosario, ready. right? Eddie Rosario, like the, he was Rosario Duval. Yeah, and uh, and Jorge Soler. Yeah, like Rosario was horrible for the Indians. Goes on to win the NLCS MVP. Like that's the kind of stuff that happens. So I will not compare this team to '83 anymore. I'll just be comparing them for the rest of the season to gas station sushi. Are they better than that? Or are they gas station sushi? Hopefully by the end of the year, they are think of the best sushi. There is no demand and the Sox can be that, but right now they're in the gas station. I mean, my hope is at this point, can they get to Mariano's sushi? Because (laughs) I'll still buy, I'll buy Mariano's. sushi. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Chris says we, this is just something that I think we should talk about. And it's not even a word. He says, talk about how overhyped Luis Robert was. Here's the thing with him. And I wish I knew what was going on. He is swinging at so many pitches out of the zone. Like he's getting himself out. And I don't know why he can't like change that. It's easy to like to say this, but come on. Like, I don't know what is going on there. He's just getting himself out. If I'm a the opposing team, I'm like, all right, throw him this crap, 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 and he'll make himself out, and he's doing that. He's not going the opposite way, which he was doing. He was taking singles earlier this year. We had this like talk about how, how he's not as I mean, and doesn't have any extra base hits, but look, he's getting singles. He's getting on base. He's doing none of that. So, yeah, maybe he's a guy who does is is wearing it. You know, t- feeling like here's the problem with he swings at so many first pitches too. Like it's yeah. he gets up there and just boom. I mean. So I don't know. I don't know if it's another guy that's feeling like he's got to be able to, the, the guy that gets it going because we know the talent. And yeah. I don't think to the tw- uh, to the to the tweet. I don't think it's you know he might be underperforming. I'm gonna stand by it. I still think he's the potential highest ceiling uh, on the team, no doubt. No. Yeah. Player. And and the guy's got the potential to be one of the best players in the game. But right now. He's just doing something that that's very similar across the board, to be quite honest with you. He's not doing anything different than everybody else. At least he's coming through at times. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not throwing him under the bus. I'm just saying this is where he's at right now. And I just don't you know, like the I don't like his approach. I think his approach no. is just not who he is. I that's yeah. and when and and to me, that's when you don't have like when you're up there with a the bat in your hands and you're not you don't look like the player you are, you're not. Now, if that port, if, if three months from now we're sitting here and we're talking about his lackluster season, so be it. But then I, I don't think he'll be the only one we're talking about. Okay. Sean says for 2022, waiting. Mm. We all are, Sean. We're waiting. Waiting might be, waiting might be a, 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 a better word than um, what, what, what early. What? Waiting's waiting might be the word that is taken over for early. Yeah, I like yeah, that. That's yeah. that's that's good. Uh, Mark Cutler. Mark Cutler is very negative, and there was a lot of negativity that we got. And if you feel that way, uh, the the White Sox have given you <laughs> many reasons to feel that way. Yeah, Mark Cutler. He's going with Titanic. <laughs> ended miserably like this is uh titanic wow we're drowning this team this this team is going to drown this is worst case scenario in his mind i'm not going titanic but uh, i would say uh the weekend loss to the uh the back-to-back losses to the rangers felt like a titanic uh let's just 
let's file that one for later. If it's September, I think September. If we're still doing this podcast in September, that's a Titanic. Yeah, exactly. No, that's what I'm saying. File it away and let's see. I don't think, you know, maybe, maybe you're starting to see way off in the distance something that might look like an iceberg, but I'm not going to call it the Titanic just yet. Yeah. And I hope people aren't jumping ship. <laughs> well, there's people who are. Yeah. I, I, I think I, it's I very clear that people are jumping ship because they're frustrated and, and, and they want to see something that they're not and they're investing time and money and everything else. And, and I understand it. Like I understand. I would say though, you can't change loyalty. Loyalty is something that's in your blood, whether you like it or not. And that's why that you're frustrated. And it's why all of you, that's why we're doing this podcast. Cause you guys, Put these words if you're out listening there. at this point of the podcast, you have not jumped ship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I thank you for that. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, if you want to take a break, don't watch a weekend series, even though I know no. you, you yeah, even Very though it's tough, tough too, because you're just so emotionally invested. But I mean, there, there are ways to take in a break from your White Sox and that's, all, that's fine. And we'll be here when you get back because I have no choice in the matter. <laughs> And so yeah, the White Sox will too, and so will we. Yeah. But I will say, like, take it a break from Twitter for a day or two. It's very healthy sometimes to just say, you know what, I need my heart to get back on rhythm. <laughs> yeah. And if you're not on Twitter, good for you. Good for you. Yeah. And if you're thinking about going on it, don't. <laughs> yeah, you matched stay up at this point this far. Good for you. Or just be very. No, you can go on Twitter. Go on Twitter, but be. Know who you're following. You can just just follow me and Guff. That's all you need. Yeah, that is. <laughs> That's all yep. you need. We we only we're ten dollar copay. We take everything. <laughs> yeah. All right, last uh, last one here, and it's not a word, but I wanted to end the podcast with some optimism. Some might call it blind faith, because of what we've seen so far, but I'm going with it. Danny, Danny, the eternal optimist goes, we will be playing the Dodgers in the World Series. Book it. <laughs> Speaking of filing away, Danny. I wonder if Danny thinks in game three that they'll walk Trey Turner with a one-two. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Think about, like, for, for real though. Think about if the White Sox do play the Dodgers. That storyline will be the, the storyline going into game one. Yeah. And by the way, props to you, Ryan McGuffey. You made the call during the game right after Larusa made that decision. You made the decision. We need a camera in the Dodgers clubhouse after the game. And because yeah. of your decision, we got Trey Turner, Max Muncie, and Dave Roberts. So we had we had brought a second camera out there to get that sound, and it revealed a lot on the postgame show. So that's well, good producing that's, right there. <laughs> I appreciate you, Chuck. Yeah. But I knew being part of these things for so long, you knew the White Sox clubhouse wasn't going to say anything about that in particular, or yeah. certainly weren't going to go down that road. And rather than just Tony be the voice, back it up with the guys, the other guys who were there. And have nothing to lose in what they say. Right. Yeah. Because the White Sox couldn't say anything other than La Russa. And it helps your narrative on a post-game show when yes. you have three people on the other and the other dog go, we've never seen this before. And so now you go, now you're using that. You're just using fact into your, into, into how you're breaking it all down. So yeah, it was great. I mean, I, look, like sometimes you, sometimes you, you hit a home run. So that was a good one, but 
I hope they play the Dodgers in the World Series, Danny. I'll say this. If Danny's right, he's getting a huge prize at the end of the year. Huge. Yeah. He'll, yeah. I don't know what it is yet, Danny. Oh, I've got a prize already. I, I've, you will receive the biggest prize in the history of the White Sox Talk podcast. Yeah, I have two prizes. I you did you? you I, I know I have two prizes I want to give away on the podcast. I'm waiting yeah, I don't, for the right time. I don't. We we have prizes. Let's put we have down. prizes. Yes, <laughs> we're saving it for the right right time. Yeah. Um, and let's end it with this. Since he's saying, uh, "Well, we plan the Dodgers in the World Series." Book it, Guff. What are the odds? Current odds right now? Can you check? Yeah. For the White Sox to win the division. And win, well, he said to the, go to the World Series. So win the pennant in the World Series. Something tells me it's not as favorable as so it was. The White Sox are no longer the favorites to win the AL Central, finally. They're wow. They are plus 130. Twins still even money. And the Guardians at plus 525. I think the Guardians, would, if you're going to pl- put a play in, put it on Cleveland. By the way, the Guardians a few days ago were 8-1. to one. Now they're 5.5-1. to one. Yeah, that's well, a that's a big move in like a few days. Yeah, and I'd also consider putting a futures bet on uh, Jose Ramirez to win AL MVP because yeah, that guy is a thing in terms of winning the you said winning the pennant. Yeah. Right? All right, so winning the pennant, the White Sox current odds, or uh, actually that's division. This is just the World's here World Series. We just have World Series odds right here. Okay, that's fine. White Sox have fallen all the way to twenty to one. Yeah. So, to put that where were they to start of the year like eight? They were like, yeah, depending on where you shop, anywhere from like seven and a half to ten to one. So, the teams in front of them: the Dodgers, Yankees, Astros, Mets, Jays, Brewers, Padres, Braves. All right. So, I'm not making that twenty to one bet right now. I I, I want to see something. <laughs> it, it feels like a waste to me. Yeah. Uh, Twenty to one does not seem like a. It's it, there's value there, but uh, there's there other value. There's other teams with value that uh, you want. You want a White Sox value bet? What's that? I'm, I've placed it. Jake Berger to win AL Rookie of the Year. Wow, he was that. he was a hundred and fifty to one four days ago. He's forty to one now. Wow, wow, pissed. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you are. Yeah. Well, yeah. White Sox fans, many of you are pissed. And you summed up this White Sox season in all sorts of ways. And we thank you for uh, responding to Guff and contributing to the podcast. And uh, Chuck, you didn't give your word yet. I like clusterfuck. I think that's that goes right in line with the answer that I if I would have answered this question I would have answered it the exact same way. Oh, I had it queued up here. Where is it? I had somebody's queued up. I can't find it. No, I want to give him credit for it because. Well, while you're looking, I'll describe why I'm calling it this. Okay, I got it. Yeah, you got it. Well, what's your word? Uh, this is the word I would have said is when I, I, I almost put it out there, but I'm like, I don't want to give anybody any, I just kind of put the blank big R big R. And I think very much alike. It's fair. It's, it's, it's probably a, in the family that you're using fiasco. Mm. I like that word. Wow. I think a fiasco, uh, cause I think that describes a lot. I think that describes every layer of, of things that's going on. And I'm going with cluster. You know what? Because, um, Injuries. Yeah. No, it's you know, La Russa and 
these controversies. The offense has been terrible. So that's that's my word. Yeah, it works. I I hope we can change these words. Let's yeah. let's hope. Like there's time and waiting. I think I think waiting is a good one. And We're hope. Waiting. And hope. No, you see, I don't think I saw any word. I don't think I saw hope anywhere. Which is maybe we should maybe we should heartbroken was a good one. Uh, Meg yeah. that one out there. I think heartbroken. Heartbroken though. Heartbroken to me seems like a word you use like at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, great, outstanding stuff. Somebody used a hawk and said, Ova. (laughs) Uh, That's someone who's checked out. He's like, I'm done. Yeah. Let me know when they go on a winning streak. Unwatchable. Uh, That's unfortunate because there's so much fun before and after the game. Um, But let's hope that we can do this podcast, Chuck. Because I said the one thing about it, I left it open ended. As of now, like the tweet was supposed to be just thus far. What's the one word? Hopefully August 13th, we can do this. And what's the one word thus far now? And it's completely different. But we don't know. All right. Good stuff about the bad stuff here on the podcast. White Sox Talk Podcast. Brought to you by Wintrust. Your home for White Sox check-in with free ATMs nationwide. Go to their special White Sox webpage. It's www.wintrust.com slash Sox. Hawk Harrelson. Take it away. Thanks, our Chuck. And this edition of the White Sox Talk Podcast is over. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates in Northbrook, Illinois.